Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to uplevel my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 113. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Cheryl Lightshoe. Cheryl is a mentor, guide, and influencer. Many of Cheryl's clients describe her as the Yoda for small women-owned small businesses and solopreneurs. Cheryl has had the pleasure of owning a successful, sustainable small business for over 25 years. She has stumbled, regrouped, learned, succeeded, and failed, but remained committed to being an entrepreneur. Cheryl has also coached other women-owned small businesses to enjoy the opportunities of being an entrepreneur. Her mission is to help women-owned small businesses to start, build, and grow their own successful enterprise. Guys, the conversation with Cheryl today was amazing. I am actually very lit up from the interview. Uh, Sometimes when a guest reaches out to me and we've never connected before, I'm not always sure how the interview is going to go, but I think you'll be able to tell that I was super jazzed and excited to chat with her. And we have very, very similar tendencies and ways of seeing things despite, um, I'm going to just say it, our age difference. And so that is the joy of podcasts is that you don't actually visually see our age difference and that really doesn't matter. But she's got a wisdom to her um, and also kind of an energy that I wasn't expecting. So I really, really hope you guys enjoy this episode. And as always, please let me know. Just pop on over to Instagram. I'm at Robin with a Y uh, Baldwin. And you can just comment on the the Instagram posts about the, the podcast episode because I would love to hear how you guys actually resonate with these episodes. All right, so let's get started. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Hi, Robin. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. So when you first read the definition of what an alpha female is as of today, what did you think of it and how do you see yourself as one? Oh my gosh. Well, I just got goosebumps when I heard your definition because it is finally the recognition of alpha females. You know, I've been in business a long time. And so when I started in business, women would just do alpha female. They wouldn't declare it. And when you have this statement, you are really declaring the presence in the world of alpha females. Um, And I I don't know if it was part of the time or it's just part of being a woman, but sometimes we're just silently do it. We just silently do this um, and we don't declare it. 
and we don't really recognize the power and the influence that we have to be that strong woman in the world and yet to have the balance, have the relationships um, that you talk about. So I just love your definition of alpha female. Hmm, I love it too. Um, And that's an interesting perspective because I um, started my career after university in the advertising world, which was very male driven at the top. And I had to develop a really strong, loud personality to be heard. And um, I also felt like I needed to develop it to be respected. Um, but when a coworker, a female coworker, called me that, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, like it didn't even phase me that that was the terminology that she was going to use for me. And I was like, yes, I'm going to own this. Um, so, so that was really neat. And then I just come back from a leadership retreat where we did the, um, uh, the Gallup Strength Finder test. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that was mind-blowing that, that an organization teaches companies how to celebrate their employees with their strengths. So it's the same thing. Like being an alpha female is a strength. Sure, there are things within the personality or within how we manage ourselves or how we communicate that can be abrasive and quote unquote negative. But I've chosen to celebrate all the positive aspects. And it's the same thing. When you choose to celebrate the positive aspects, the strengths, um, then you take a stand for something in the world. And I love that you recognize that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, it gave me goosebumps when I when I heard it because it was like, oh, finally, there's a definition. And I love Robin's definition of it. So, um, I, Well, I can't take full credit. My podcast guests have contributed to evolving it. Well, we learn and evolve. So we mentioned in your bio that you support women-owned businesses. Have you always done that? And was was there a pull to kind of define your target market that way? Uh, Well, actually, no. Um, When I started my business, which was 28 years ago, so I'm really dating myself, you know, uh, first of all, being a solopreneur was um, you were just had this little hobby on the side. And second of all, again, being a woman entrepreneur with wanting flexibility, wanting to to honor my values for family were seen as, well, then you just kind of have this little thing going on the side. And so it wasn't, so I actually started working in corporate America. I had, I started my career in corporate America, working in a retail company, much like your story. I kind of had to have a big voice in order to um, create my way as I move forward. But I also, I met my husband while we were, I was working in retail, he worked for the same company, and he was offered a promotion. We were both on the fast track, but he was offered a promotion. It, and it meant I couldn't work, continue to work for the organization because if we were going to relocate, I would have ended up working for him, and that wouldn't have worked. So I went to HR at the time, and this is the 80s. Now, again, some of the listeners probably weren't even born in the 80s, but, but this was the 80s. I, and I went to HR, and I said, well, what about me? You know, I'm on a fast track too. And they went, well, you know, honey, you're pregnant. You're probably just going to stay home with the kids anyway. Um, you know, you'll be fine. And I, I was so angry with that. It was like, wait a second. I have a, I have a voice. I have something important to contribute to the world. So I decided to go back to school. I have, do have a doctorate in psychology while my kids were little. So my, my little one was, um, four months old and my other one was four years old when I went back to school because I wanted to come back into corporate America 
and change the way corporations dealt with their talent. Uh, At that time, it was the coaching model, but the coaching was not a term that was used in the corporate world at that particular point. So I started working uh, and building my business related to that, going back into corporations, helping them look at how do you work work with talent? How do we bring people's strengths to the table? How do we look at structuring that talent management within organizations? It wasn't until the last five years that I've really started working with women-owned small businesses partially because they were showing up at my door and saying, Cheryl, it looks like you've been doing something right. You have a great lifestyle. You've built kind of the flexibility, the relationships. You have a credibility within the market that you're working with. Help. And so I started doing that um, just out of sort of mentoring women-owned small businesses just because I wanted to see them succeed and grow the same way that I had. You know, I feel like I've been so blessed with being able to have the flexibility that I wanted, honoring the values that I wanted, slogging my way through uh, educating many of the clients that I ended up uh, attracting as clients um, by helping them see a different way. But I didn't want those women to have to go through the same learning curve that I did. So, um, so. Gradually, over the last five years, I've transitioned out of the corporate work, kind of done with that. I, I feel like I've made an impact there. But I really want to, in my legacy piece of my business, because I'm at the opposite side of my business now. You know, I started young. I started with a young family. I started with the desire for flexibility at that point so that I could honor those values in my family. I'm not at the other side of the equation where I'm a grandma and I, and I don't want to continue to have this international practice that I built. I want to stay more home. I want to be more with my grandchildren and have flexibility in that regard. But I know that I can bring key pieces of information to women-owned small businesses so they can build their business at a faster pace and really honor themselves as that alpha female that you described. Hmm. There's so many things in there. Um, I absolutely love that there is seasons in people's lives when they say, you know what, I have so much energy. I have so much passion for solving pain points. And, you know, you wanted to solve corporate pain points and then small business pain points. And so you said, this is what I need to do. And now you're like, I need to come home to family and um, all I can hear and uh, in my own experiences, my grandfather was the president of an airline. And um, when he passed away and we celebrated his life, I remember his boys saying like how much they in- he installed a work ethic in them. And I never saw that because he was grandpa to me. Like he came o- he came over to feed us every day. He came over to provide us riddles and play. Like I didn't see the work side of my grandfather, but then when he passed, I discovered that he had worked for the government. Um, he was on different, um, departments of transportation and then was the president of an airline. And I had no idea while he was alive because he put his grandchildren first at that phase of life. Um, and so it was, kind of cool to see that, you know, you really can have, um, different seasons. And one of the main reasons that I kind of sometimes get on a high horse on this podcast is, um, I do want the best for everyone in no matter what season of life. Like I get it that there's some days where you need to put in really long hours, but I want the world to take care of themselves while they do that. So, um, as you've been in the corporate world, um, as an entrepreneur and now moving into supporting others, 
Um, what does your work-life harmony look like and how do you kind of structure your days? Oh, I love your question because that uh, that's really a, a big question that I've been working on personally, just to my own personal letting go of some things. Because for me, the work-life harmony is about flexibility. And if I if I book myself solid, which I tend to do, I think high us high achievers, you know, I want action, I want results, I want outcomes in my day. And so if I have white space in my calendar, it's it feels like a failure. It feels like there's something more I should be doing. And yet, if I'm going to have the flexibility I want now with my grandkids, I need to have white space in my calendar. Okay, so flexibility is one, and then that choice that choice of harmony versus balance, uh, because I choose to make that choice. I'm reading uh, Tim Ferriss's book, The Tribe of Mentors, right now, which is a fascinating book. He's got, I think, 140 different um, key leaders in a variety of areas that are, t- that are sharing their mentoring messages. But one of the messages was busy as a choice. And I had to really grasp what that meant for me, because busy has always been a way for me to measure my success, measure outcomes, measure action. And yet the outcomes and action I want right now are much like your grandfather. I just want to be there. So if the grandkids are sick, I can fly over to, you know, I can head on over to their house or I can make them cookies or I can be that adventure grandma. There's something fun happening and we can take off and do it. Um, And I have to be flexible to make that happen. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. We've had a couple of guests on the show and I haven't ever said it out loud, but one of the reasons why I've been obsessed with achievement and uh, even overachievement is because of, you know, sitting at my grandfather's celebration of life and going, holy cow, I haven't done anything that is as Um, kind of awe-inspiring or wonderful. And I was like, I need to get going. I need to start checking things off. Um, And it actually put me in a place where I developed an autoimmune disease from, from it. And so I've had to do a lot of, a lot of work kind of stepping back saying, um, okay, as much as achievement and, you know, checking off the the things on uh, your own success bucket list is amazing. But if you run yourself into the ground, then you won't be able to be there for your family. And he, um, you know, fortunately was able to spend so much time with his grandchildren, but it's not always the case for so many people. So uh, I think that's why I'm, I'm talking a lot about taking care of yourself in the present moment and investing in your house so that you do have the chance for, for white space later and creating it in your day-to-day even now when you're trying to hustle hard um, for the goals. Now, let's dig into this white space concept as an overachiever, does white space feel like you're being lazy? Yes, yes. And, it, and you know, it's a habit. So I, because we want to achieve, we get into that treadmill kind of behavior where we just have to be busy. Um, and so we, be, we form that habit for ourselves. So I had to start learning a different habit of how to have white space. And it sounds crazy, you know, but for people who are used to kind of kicking back and relaxing, that was not me. Um, you know, I, your example of having an autoimmune disease, I, I, we share that in common. I, I was diagnosed with um, 
fibromyalgia several years ago, and then I ended up in the hospital with, uh, with meningitis on top of it, they would give me a, a shot of pain medication and I would be on the phone making uh, sales calls. It, laying in my hospital bed. I mean, how crazy is that? Until so suddenly I went, well, this is nuts. Geez, do, I wonder why your body is kicking back at you when you know you're just not stopping. You're not allowing any time, even though your body is demanding it right now. I have um, a, I have a picture of myself the day the day after my diagnosis. You receive um, when your body has. Uh, the initial MS attack, they give you a steroid treatment. So the immune system stops attacking itself. And I, I am at home getting the steroid treatment. Like I've got an IV hooked up to me and I'm on a conference call with my office. Okay. All right. We are like, so I get, I get like yeah, uh, you get it. You get it. It's like so crazy. But what happened was, and it sounds like the same for you. What happened was when I finally, it was like looking in the mirror and going, what are you doing? It was such a wake up call. And it really led me on a new path of self care that opened up so many opportunities. Now today, you'd have be hard pressed to diagnose me with fibromyalgia, because I've taken beyond medical treatment um, and taking more self-care of myself to put some of that white space. But it is really training yourself on a whole new um, habit for yourself about what do you do to take care of yourself and how do you listen to that body of yours to, to make sure you are. Yeah. So let's get into some of the, the nitty gritty. So how do you nourish yourself on a daily basis? Well, so two, several things. So I love mornings. I'm an early morning person. So I'm up at 435 o'clock in the morning. And that's my time to I do a lot of journaling during that time. I do some meditation during that time. I just kind of welcome in the day. So you can appreciate I'm a lot of times up before the sun is up. Uh, so watching the sun come up and just being appreciative of that. So that's a big piece of it, um, of my just daily routine. I also live on a lake, we moved to, to a lake in Minnesota about um, 10 years ago. And I, I began to teach myself how to just sit and watch the ducks, which sounds silly. Now, it's the middle of winter right now. It's actually snowing out there today as we're recording this. So my lake is full of ice. But the ducks have already started appearing. <laughs> I think they're a little confused that it's, a, that it's not quite spring. But uh, but they, I, I love to just sit and watch the ducks. And that feels like it's useless time. But it, at least I feel busy. You know, I'm, I'm doing something, but I'm really relaxing. And I'm just watching the, their playfulness and being present in the moment. Um, so those are kind of a couple ways that I, I nourish myself. It's funny that we have to like still have something on the checklist. Like even yes. if it's like 10 minutes meditation, like once we're done, it can be checked off. Um, and I'm all for that because whatever you need to actually teach yourself how to just sit and be or relax, or I think I actually, I, um, I should have done this on the weekend, but I had uh, horrible day one period cramps and I can usually, um, assist and support my body through them, but I was wrecked. I couldn't do anything. And I just binged watch TV and I felt so guilty. But if I had written binge watch scandal in my planner and then checked it off afterwards, I would have been completely that okay. That would have been okay. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? But you have to play to who you are. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if I'm somebody, I need that checklist. I need that to-do list. I need that action thing. 
then I, that's the way I, that's the way I build in that self-care is to make sure that I've got that on my, on my checklist. Yeah. So back to the strengths finder, it basically taught me that, you know, we need to stop trying to fix ourselves and celebrate just the way that we are. Like, um, I only have 35 years of being who I am, but that's 35 years that things are just ingrained. And I remember my mom, uh, we were having a family dinner and my mom was telling um, a story about like how much I needed to be dominant over my brother. And one of my top five strengths is command. And I was just, <laughs> I, was just I wanted, I wanted to call her up when I finished it. Um, now I get to tell her at family dinner this week, but I'm like, see, this has been ingrained in me from childbirth. Like you can't stop this innate sense of me. I just need to learn how to use this in a positive way. And that's right. Not that's to, right. not to hurt my brother. My grandfather has said, no matter where you are, where you go, there you are. Right. <laughs> No matter what age, yes, I'm the same still bossy Taurus that I've always been. Do you have a weekly movement routine or fitness routine? Well, so two days a week, I watch my grandchildren. That keeps me pretty active and, and running after them. Um, the youngest is, is six months old and the oldest is seven. So we're definitely in a busy, busy stage there. I do love doing yoga. Um, and I think what yoga does too for me is it's that calming and grounding. Uh, because I am that action person, I'm always thinking so far ahead. So uh, when we talk about how do you play to your strengths, I need to find, I need to use fitness routines that calm me, not speed me up. And so yoga does that for me. Mm, that's amazing. I've had a lot of guests on the show and I talk about it all the time, but so many guests come on the show and they used to have like a crazy fitness routine and they're like, I just go for long walks now. And it's like, it's the same principle. It's just like getting your body moving, but being in a state where you are just like managing your cortisol and just, you know, keeping your brain waves low because you can be thinking the entire time, but you can't actually work yourself up because there's no to-do list with you. Like there's, if you're going for an hour, hour long walk, you've got to be on that walk for an hour. So there's no point in stressing about what you're going to do afterwards. You can think about it and like work through all the strategies in your head. Um, but it kind of keeps you a little bit more in the present moment than, um, that future thinking we can get caught into. Well, and, and I don't know if you find this, but with having an autoimmune disease, one of the things that really was helpful to me is one of my alternative medicine physicians said to me, you know, for you, you, we don't want your cortisol level to go up because what it does is it, it it's a kickback for you. It doesn't, and it doesn't help you generate more uh, adrenaline and cortisol. It actually limits you. So for you to go and do heavy, you know, aerobic exercise, it's not going to serve you well. And that was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I would go work out. And instead of feeling energized, I would have to need to come home and take a nap because I had depleted every source of energy in my body. So again, an important thing to play to, what is it that is going to respond to your body and, uh, and really re-energize you rather than just what the local media says you need to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm still struggling with that because my functional medicine practitioner and naturopath are like, you you give yourself adrenal fatigue after running 20 races the year after your diagnosis. Like, did, did you, did you learn from that? I'm like, I did. I learned that I couldn't function for two years, but I've got my, I've got my mojo back. I'm back to working out. I'm only in the gym three days a week and I'm taking, or husky for a run once a day or sorry, once a week and then yoga. But 
now that I'm feeling better, I'm like, oh, I can ramp it up. I could toy. <laughs> yeah. And they just kind of looked at me and they're like, mm, like, you're smarter than this. And I'm like, I know. And I know it takes me like a few days to recover, but I don't feeling, I don't like feeling less than who I used to be. Like, I have that mindset still that I'm struggling with, um, that I'm less than the person that I used to be. And of course, this is an, an entirely new lesson that MS is trying to teach me um, that I'm in the middle of. But uh, at least I have the self-awareness to know that I'm in the middle of it, even if I haven't gained the wisdom yet. Mm-hmm. Well, or, or simply that you need to rest, you know, afterwards. So it is going to deplete you. So for the two days after, you need to make sure that you are building in self-care, right? Um, to me, that's listening to your body. Yeah, I just build three businesses at a time when I have to, when I have to rest. Oh, dear. <laughs> Those cute things we all females do. Um, what's a piece of advice you would tell your 20-year-old self? So th- th- I, I find that an interesting question. What I would tell her is slow down. You know, it'll all get done. Stop worrying. Would I have listened to, to that? No. no but, yeah. you know, that's what I would have told her. Because now at this stage of my life, it's like, you know what? It all has gotten done. And I spent a lot of worry. I I learned how to give up worry, too, several years ago. But, but just slow down because it all does magically happen uh, because we are determined, we are focused, we do have the goals. That's part of being alpha female. So the universe knows it will help you with with all of that. But that command and control person sometimes just needs to find that out the hard way. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, I would say that my listeners are kind of like the gamut from there's some early twenties to you know thirties to even forties and fifties. And um, it's funny because that advice is it doesn't matter at what age, like I just use 20 year old alpha female self because I know that there's, you know, a good crew of listeners that, um, are trying to figure out how to become more of who they already are. And some of this advice, like it needs to kind of like be stuck in their brain for a few years so that when they are ready to learn the lesson, they're like, Oh, this is what they were talking about. Um, but worry. So worry, I think is, based on the fact that alpha females, you know, we love analyzing our past, um, being super action oriented in our present and then future thinking, cause we're so goal focused and task focused or can be. Um, so how, yeah. How do you tackle worry? Like in the, the grandest scheme of things, cause it's easier said than done to say like, stop worrying. Yeah, I well, it's again, it's a habit. Uh, I I really think it's just a habit that we end up training ourselves in for all the reasons that you just listed. Um, So for me, stopping worrying is staying present in the moment. It's really what can I do right now? Okay, well, I can't I can't get all of that stuff that I'm worrying about done right now. But what's the step that I can take right now that can address it? And if I can't take any step, then I just kind of park it to the side and and I'll ask myself again that question tomorrow or later. Is there any step I can take? Nope. Well, then stop that. It's almost like you put it in a, you put it in a box and you shut the box and you put the box on a shelf and say like, it's going to be there again tomorrow. So like close that box in your brain too. 
Yeah, yeah. And then tomorrow, just open the box again. And if you need to worry about it tomorrow, okay, it's right there. And what action can you take? Oh, I can't do anything. Okay, close the box back up. I think as women, we some. We, I think men are much better at compartmentalizing than we are. And so we I just have to turn our, develop that habit of creating that compartment and then let it sit there. Um, but we all want to solve everything all the time. And that's what leads to the worry. So speaking of solving for something, we're usually always solving for pain points. So whether it's a personal pain point in your life or something that you're seeing consistently with your um, women-owned businesses, what is a a pain point you're currently problem-solving for? Uh, It's both for me and for the women that I work with, is that not everyone will like you. So even at this stage of the game, you're still struggling with that. I still am, you know, and and it's hard when, uh, you know, you'll speak to an audience and 100 people and 98 will love you and two just hate you, or maybe not 98 will love you, probably 60 will love you, 38 will be on the fence and two will hate you. And it's the two that hate me that give me some negative feedback that make me question who, you know, am I on the right track? Maybe I should do something different and I and will continually beat myself up. And that's the same issue I find with the clients that I work with. Um, and I, 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 when I figure out the magic answer to that, Robin, I'll come back on your show and share that. Well, it's funny because, oh, so I was looking at, um, in my full-time job today, I was actually looking at, um, like, why do we put trust icons on our site, on our e-commerce platforms? And one of them is the Better Business Bureau. But when you click through to a Better Business Bureau platform, and I'll use even Twitter as an example, Twitter is now a platform for companies to handle negative customer service. Because when someone's upset, they're like, what's the fastest way I can get an answer? Um, but it's so true that we don't usually uh, post positive reviews on these sites unless we're being um, asked for it uh, and we're being like bribed to do it. So even like authors today to get a review, they're like, if you give me a review, I'll give you this bonus. Um, and I did it with the podcast. I haven't done it in a while, but like to get a whole bunch of reviews, I was doing giveaways. And so people very rarely give positive feedback because it's not serving them. But they give negative feedback because they need to. They need that person or company solve that pain point for them. So, when you put that into perspective, it's a little bit easier to understand the haters. But it's so true that like you want those two people. Like if I could sit down with those two people and convince them of how amazing a person I am, they would totally love me. I know. I know. What's wrong with them? There's all those quotes about like not like you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but to somebody you're going to be like the shot of tequila. So it's just like be the shot of tequila um, to those that want the shot of tequila, and then just just leave the tea drinkers for to themselves. <laughs> I am putting that post on a poster note on my computer. Be the shot of be tequila. The shot of tequila. Yeah. <laughs> Um, why that's a good one. I've become a little bit more vocal on some of my social media platforms about some of my opinions and my beliefs. And, um, it's true that when you stand for something, you are going to be polarizing, but I, and I love when I actually see my Instagram follower number drop because I'm like, yes, I'm not serving them they've gone away. Now I can serve the people that are here. Like, I don't want people to be on the fence about me. I want people to know exactly what type of value they're going to get and to be well served. So if I'm not doing that, I want them to go away. Oh, Robin, I 
I love your energy. Thank you for that today. You just you just given me a nugget that I can take from our interview together and, and add to my journaling and my thought process. Awesome. Thank you so much. So please tell our guests my favorite question, but uh, give us what your definition of happiness is. You know, I love this question. Um, and I, again, I'm reading Tribe of Mentors. So I, I, one of the, sta- the quotes in there is search for bliss, not happiness. And I, that's one of the post-it notes I now have on my computer is happiness is really, for me, about bliss. And bliss is that great joy, a state of spiritual blessedness. And I think in part of my learning these new habits, it's in the moment finding that spiritual blessedness. So whether it's watch, look at watching the dogs or the ducks and just thinking about, you know, how blessed I am to be able to be here and watching the ducks or watching my grandchildren play or having one of them spit up on me. Uh, you know, it's all, it's all, you know, what is it this moment just brings me the state of extreme joy to be able to be at this point in my life. So um, that's when I stand in awe and just be present and appreciate the moment is really my definition of what happiness brings. I love it. Bliss is one of my favorite words. And I had a guest come on and she actually has, she uses the hashtag blissed in. Um, So like whenever she's in a moment of just like complete bliss, she's blissed in. She has tank tops that I've purchased from her. I like to wear them to my yoga classes. But yeah, it's like when you're in that state of feeling complete bliss, um, then there's just no other other feeling than feeling joy and happiness at the same time. So yeah. I, I love words and I could talk endlessly about vocabulary, but thank you so much for coming on this show. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Robin. It's been so delightful. Okay. I've got two things going on right now that I wanted to let you know about. Number one, we've got a podcast giveaway going on for anyone that leaves me a rating and review. So let's say up until the end of April, 2018, if you leave me a rating and review on iTunes, just take a screenshot of it and then go on Instagram, send me a direct message at Robin Baldwin of the rating and review, and you'll be entered in a draw. So I'm giving away access to three lucky listeners to my Peaceful Periods program, which is all around supporting your body and having a more peaceful period every single month. Number two, I have a Facebook community group that I use to support my essential oil customers. So the group is primarily essential oil information, education, tips and tricks. I let everybody know about the monthly promos for doTERRA because this is my side hustle. In addition, we talk about self-development. I share podcasts I'm listening to. I share um, this podcast every time it goes live and other people's podcasts as well. But for the month of April, there's going to be a daily healthy habits challenge. So if you're looking to create healthy habits in your life and you want a little bit of guidance, a little parameter, I would love to have you in the group. So search for Alpha Wellness as a Facebook group and just click to join, answer the questions for me, and I would love to see you in there. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. 
Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.